0: where each week, Seth Breedlove and Mark Matske convene to discuss the greatest mysteries the world has ever known. Now, strap on your hiking boots, grab your trusty walking stick, and don't forget the bug spray as we begin our journey through Monsteropolis. This is Monsteropolis, a show about anomalies, legends, and monsters.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's right.
0: <laughs> it is. Um, <laughs> it's the official show. Oh, wait, I am Seth Breedlove. I'm joined as always by my pal, Mark Matsky Yep,
1: yeah, that's right, too.
0: That is correct. Um,
1: <laughs> correct, sir.
0: This is the official podcast of Small Town Monsters, an indie film production company that makes documentaries about, hold on, Water. Uh, that makes, I had been talking for 30 seconds, so I had to take a break. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pace pace yourself all. now. <laughs> Bigfoot, cryptids, the paranormal, etc. Don't be surprised if we occasionally mention those projects on this show. <gasps> what? Mm-hmm. Um, announcement wise, go watch Beyond the Trail. There's a new episode of Paranormal Unexplained. Those drop weekly, so there's always a new episode of Paranormal Unexplained. Neither Mark or I are on that show, but it's a small town monsters thing it's uh aaron and santino and heather Mm -hmm. and they talk about um they watch videos of purported paranormal phenomena and then santino debunks it or tries (laughs) (laughs) tries his best uh that's
1: amazing is like the the depth of his knowledge of some of those clips Mm -hmm. like he knows their name and uh, conditions uh-huh. under which they were filmed. I yep. mean, that's that's like a whole other realm uh-huh. that he clearly has some expertise in. So it's a fun, interesting it's stuff.
0: a fun thing. It's funny. Both the, those projects, both the two projects that we've launched this year, are his brain children. Mm-hmm. The brainchild of Santino Vitale. One yeah. is on the trail of hauntings, which we kind of let him go crazy and do whatever he wants. And paranormal and explain, which is his. This was his idea. This was the thing he wanted to do. So, we're doing it, and it's fun. It's been fun. The YouTube tra- channel is growing too. Like the you know the membership, the subscription base just keeps growing. And I, I think we're over thirty three thousand something like something in that neighborhood as of today. So wow, just keeps growing. Um, Bell Witch is out. The Mark of the Bellwitch. What else is out? Uh, On the Trail of Bigfoot, The Journey is coming out June 8th, and On the Trail of UFOs, Dark Sky has not, as of when we're recording this, hasn't had a a release date locked in. But um, we are trying to, going forward, if this partnership with 1091 continues, going forward, we want to get release schedules in place Far in advance. So I can tell you next year, the release schedule will kind of be part of the beginning of the year. And that might help Kickstarter backers or people who want to back the Kickstarter kind of have uh, uh, another reason to do it because those Kickstarter backers get access to the movie so far in advance. The Kickstarter backers have had on the Trail of Bigfoot the journey since early April. It's coming out June 8th. Mm -hmm. So. So they've had it for for weeks now, um, and and that's just because they back the Kickstarter. So it's a perk of backing the Kickstarter is you actually get the movies well before it's actually it's out. It's a definite
1: benefit. Mm-hmm.
0: I can't think of anyone else doing something like that either. Mm-mm. That's a
1: not that span of time. Mm-mm. Nothing close to that really.
0: I got to give it up to ten ninety one for that too. They allow us to do that, mm-hmm. so that's been cool. Um, Whole new audiences finding our our movies too. The The Flatwoods Monster, A Legacy of Fear, played on TV in the UK, and even the Flatwoods Monster Museum was telling me they saw a huge spike in Google searches of the museum during the airing. Oh wow! He was able to track it to the to the no hour. Kidding. He figure, He said he saw this huge spike in searches during this one particular hour and he googled why and that was why it was airing it there was a spike in searches while it was airing on tv in the uk oh
1: that's cool
0: so i thought that was cool yeah um but the samsung if you've got a samsung tv there's a samsung channel a lot of our movies are on there um doing very well there's uh unidentified uh channel which i think is also somehow tied to samsung now uh all of our movies play on there for free so there's a lot of our content out there that's in, uh, you know, on platforms. It never was before. Um, so that's exciting. That
1: is. Hey, speaking of Flatwoods Museum.
0: Yeah. I know some, where you're going. With yeah. This. Mm-hmm.
1: Did he talk to you? Andrew. Yeah. He messaged me Are a couple of days it? ago. I don't know what I he said. The impression I got was a live podcast. He wants recording. to do a
0: live podcast during the Rexy Bazaar.
1: oh that's when yeah see i didn't know he he what he pitched to me was like you and i doing a live monsteropolis mm-hmm. at whatever date we wanted to oh maybe i'm maybe yeah. i was misunderstanding
0: that. yeah andrew's listening so andrew correct yes. me if i'm wrong I, th- I was under the impression it was during the the uh flatwoods event yeah. that we're gonna a be saturday a saturday
1: night thing in west virginia is not going to be good for me i can just tell you that doesn't to work well you can get back early schedule yeah who needs sleep yeah i'll just finish that and then drive back to chesterland and hop in the pulpit let me let me start going
0: as long as we're talking about this though if you are curious as to what we're what i'm referring to on september 11th saturday september 11th um the braxy Bazaar is taking place in in sutton west virginia Um, and this year's event will include the premiere of on the trail of UFOs, dark sky. So the, the world, what we're calling the world premiere of on the trail of UFOs will actually be at that event. Now I'm assuming this is going to be after the release of the actual, I think the movie will already be out there Hmm. by then. I would hope because it's going to be locked and off to 1091 the next couple of weeks. And so I would hope it doesn't take that long to get, to get out. But, um, But the actual big screen—the first time it's going to play on the big screen will be in Sutton at the at the Bazaar. So, if you're a fan of the Flatwoods Monster or small town monsters, we're going to be there. Um, There's a lot of people that are. Les is going to be there. Les is in on the Trail of UFOs: Dark Sky. Um, Yeah, there's the Moth Boys will will inevitably show up. Oh boy, yeah, trouble. Um, So you guys should come come to that event. September is a big month for us. We're not doing many events this year. I've got in a few weeks, I'm going to Washington with my son for the um, Meline Falls Bigfoot Festival. I'll be out in Washington with with T Dog <laughs>
1: um,
0: so that should be fun. Um, he'll be
1: signing autographs while he's there yeah probably yeah, get so him ready.
0: Come see us if you're gonna be out in Washington. uh the other thing we've got uh is the the Alton. Illinois, um, what is it, American Hauntings? or
1: Oh, is that Troy Taylor? Troy Taylor's
0: Oh. Event, we're supposed to be at that, so I'll, I'm planning on doing that with Adrian and Tommy as well. Uh, and then in September, we've got the Braxy Bazaar. We've got the Mothman Festival, obviously. We've got... So then later in the year, I've got Scarefest, which I've just been booked for, and then I've got Cryptic Con. So there's a little bit of activity taking place this year mm-hmm. more so than i would love actually i'm trying to minimize my my events going forward so it's a more active year than maybe like next year will be but i'll be at those events so
1: people are so excited you know chomping at the bit to get back into the conference Festival. life yeah. yeah
0: get back into it um okay we have a letter from Peggy Curtis that i had sent you i just wanted to read this even though it doesn't really pertain to the show, but she sent it to the show. On the trail of premiere. Hi, Seth and Mark. My fiance and I just bought our airline tickets to join you for the On the Trail of Bigfoot, the Journey premiere in two weeks. We're looking forward to it, not only because it means getting out of Florida for a little while, plus knowing the theater's haunted makes it an extra draw. I've been loving the On the Trail of series. Looking forward to the event. Peggy Peggy drove or flew. <laughs> she drove all the way out her, but she flew all the way up from Florida. She not only um, came to the premiere, but she came to Wadsworth with her husband and they went to Thurber's and bought jewelry. Are you serious? Yes. And wow. Yeah. So they went to uh, Thurber's on the square in downtown oh Wadsworth um, and bought jewelry. Um, and she got to meet John Bell himself. <laughs> so she was pretty excited about that from the sound of things. And I think she made Tom's day. So thank you for that. Oh thank my you.
1: gosh. That's so cool. Yeah. There's scratching on the walls and therbers. Yeah. What's that? What is that? <laughs>
0: it's about to die again. Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah. She, she, uh, made it all that way. It's just unbelievable that someone would, would come from that distance for, for the premiere, but it was a really cool event and mm-hmm. we didn't, we didn't talk too much about it on the show. Um, but it was, uh, you know, it was well attended. It was, the, the, as far as I know, the most attended thing they've done since the pandemic started. Um, and so there were in the neighborhood of two hundred plus people there in a in a you know venue that sees like twelve hundred. So there mm-hmm. was a lot of room for everybody, and everyone spread out pretty good. But it was it was a lot of fun, and um, you know it seemed to be like a. Did you think the reception of the movie was solid? I
1: yeah, I really did. Yeah, I really thought so. It was. Um, the other thing too, they opened up the balcony for viewing. That Mm -hmm. was cool. That's where we Sue and I sat up there and watched it. Yeah. But yeah, I heard a lot of good things afterwards. Um, And just seeing that film on the the large screen, Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, it's so strange to think that we're not that far away from it being a year since we were there. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. It
0: honestly seems longer. I Mm -hmm. don't know if that's what you think. It just feels. I don't
1: like, know. It's time is so elastic anymore. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it it seems like um, a lifetime ago. Yeah. maybe. I don't know what I to say. Agree. I felt bad that Andy wasn't able to be there that night. Mm-hmm. But uh, the uh, the flip side, I would say it was a lot of fun to do that Q and A with Mike Ann. Yeah, yeah. He was good. I yeah, mean, he, he was a blast was. to just be up there with because yeah. he is not you know, unaccustomed to stating his opinion about things with right. his show and everything and a, brought a, a different perspective to the type of things we would talk about. So that was cool.
0: Yeah, it was a very, very cool event. Had a lot of fun with everyone. Thank you, Peggy, for coming all that way for the event. I know I told her that we are talking about doing a screening of um Bell Witch there. So I, I do think there will be oh. another screening at some time this year there and it'll probably be a double header of some sort. So we'll, we'll probably try to get something together. It might end up being Bell Witch and, and Dark Sky because um, that, be that would probably make the most sense.
1: It'd be neat if we could get as many of the cast together mm-hmm. from Bell. Like we did yeah. for Momo. Yeah. Do you have everybody who was on Momo at yeah, that? Yeah, Sarah screening?
0: Sarah Hedleston was there and yeah. Adam was there. Yeah, every everyone I think was there. Yeah, that was a fun screening too. I still remember the way the way people responded to Momo was just so funny to me. <laughs> like just I think early on I realized we had made a movie that was really gonna go over the head of a lot of people and it was like some of those live screenings were where I kinda like was clued into that fact. Because mm-hmm. it was it's just funny to me like the the people that didn't quite get the tongue and cheek nature of the, of the thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But um okay, we have an email from on on April 6th from oh. from Josh. I don't know if you want to read that April one. Sixth.
1: Yeah, I will. Before we do that though, I just wanted to balance out our iTunes review mm-hmm. reviews yes by reading a positive oh. one. It's very short mm-hmm. and sweet. Uh, this was posted April 23rd. Um, I love, it, it's, here's the heading, Love Monsteropolis and STM. Aww. I love the variety of topics covered on this podcast, from Bigfoot and other cryptids, which is what originally drew me in, to filmmaking, which I've never given much thought to before, to these wonderful small towns and faraway places with their own unique stories. Seth and Mark share lots of their adventures, as well as amusing anecdote, anecdotes, from their daily lives, there are also a fair amount of interviews with cryptozoologists, filmmakers, museum curators, etc. I always find it interesting.
0: That's a that's good. It is a weird show, isn't it? I was thinking about this in bed this morning when I woke <laughs> up because I realized we had to do the show today, and I couldn't sleep. And Tommy had come into our room, mm-hmm. and I, so I was just laying in bed, wide awake, thinking about the show. And I thought, oh yeah, we're just doing a mailbag today. And then I thought, what a weird show! Like there's. On any given week, we might be talking about like some filmmaking trip we just took, or we might be doing like a a fairly well researched analysis of some, you know, random legend or something. Right. Or, you know, like we might have Aaron in here talking <laughs> about giants in the Bible. It's just totally <laughs> random. I yeah. think that's some people that's what turns them off. And hmm. I think it's a show I would have liked when I did medical billing and still had time to listen to podcasts.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's just fun, and I like the fact that there you just never know, right? What the show is going to be because we never know what the show is going to be. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not, it's not like a studied randomness. It's, it's just whatever we want it to be or whatever we're interested in, and mm-hmm. in, in reacting to the trips and stuff that we've been on. And it's, I, I don't know. It's, it's fun for me that way. It's because I tend towards structuredism
0: mm-hmm. structuredism,
1: <laughs> and this is not that and i i like being pulled out of that from time to time mm-hmm. okay so the uh email was what was the date april 6th april 6th josh
0: pnw bigfoot got names.
1: it yeah okay Hi, Seth and Mark. You said you hadn't gotten too many emails recently, so I figured now is a good time to send you one. Since you're headed to the Olympic Peninsula, I thought I would share my Olympic Mountains Bigfoot Nest Area Predictive Model. This is a tool that can theoretically guide researchers to areas that are likely to have Bigfoot nests. Based on the findings of the Olympic project interpreted by me through their various podcast interviews. Long story short, the prediction is based on topographic characteristics of the areas where they already found these nests. Here is a download link. Using it in the field is a bit more complicated than I'd like, but here are the directions. Download that file, add it to your Google Drive. With Google Drive and Google Earth apps on your phone, you should be able to add it from Drive to Earth, allowing you to see where you are in relation to potential nest spots out in the field. On a computer, you can just drag and drop this file into Google Earth, and it will zoom to it. I'd love it if someone tested this thing. I hope to myself someday. I'm sure you're short on time, but it could be another tool in your kit. Just tossing it out there.
0: For viewers um, on on YouTube, I will have Aaron include these maps so people can actually see what he sent us.
1: Yeah, and here are a few screenshots of it. Yellow areas are places the model deems likely. Mm Mm-hmm. At any rate, I hope this email finds you guys well. I'm impressed with the level of content you've been pumping out, and I'm very excited for the next On the Trail installments. I've not been able to keep up with much, but the podcast, because we have a new baby, yay. But once she starts sleeping a bit more, I will have a ton of STM to watch. Thanks, guys. Still very much willing to discuss the Appalachian Trail with y'all on or off air if you ever feel inclined. Yes, I think we do. Uh, Josh...
0: uh I, the number of people I've told I want to have on the show and that still have not done it just grows exponentially day by day. So, um, we're definitely going to get you in here. Well, maybe not in the studio, but on the show at some point. Yeah. Um, the Appalachian trail is always something I want to talk about. And, and the fact that you also do the Bigfoot map stuff is super interesting to me. Um, and congratulations on the baby! I don't, yeah, no, I don't think we said that on the no.
1: show. No, yeah, that is that's awesome, yeah. and that's Josh P N W Bigfoot Maps Moss. Yeah, so he's really expanding his reach too, I and mean, I've noticed him.
0: His name came up a lot. Yeah, and just while we were out in the P N W. Oh, right. <clears throat> but yeah, also, that's true. you know, like he he collaborated with Alex recently on some stuff, and uh, yeah, I think it's it's really interesting the stuff that he's doing that. The nest site, the further we get away from the nest site and the more I talk about the nest site with people, the more I find myself in the camp that there's no rational explanation for what's going on there other than Bigfoot. Mm. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but it just seems to grow, which is unusual. Mm -hmm. But I guess I was kind of the same way with the X episode. You know, like and the things that happened in there, I still replay things that I forgot about. Yeah, the next. But the there there's just something so subtle about that nest site. And I know it wasn't subtle for the Olympic project, right? Because they discovered that but you've we've heard about it for a long time. So I, I was aware of it, I've heard about it. So going in there wasn't like some mind blowing experience the second I saw it, but just it's a s it's been a subtle shift for me since we were there and I do find that I have a hard time uh, not thinking about it at some point every day.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think we're pretty close on our reaction to it and it does have just a naturalistic feel Mm -hmm. when you're there, nothing feels off. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, the other thing is this is, this is pretty cool too. And it kind of relates to, josh's message i mean now that we you and i and the people who are on the shoot know what the formula is Mm -hmm. we're this is something that andy actually brought up he's thinking about okay where are places like that around here
0: hawking and mohican Mm -hmm. those are the two two spots that i've thought of that really remind me of that same Did you have something else? Yeah. Well,
1: no. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, there's places that aren't that far away from where we live.
0: Mm That kind of have the same. That would fit
1: the bill. Mm -hmm. It's just knowing where to look and what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. That is, that's all we would have to do. But I mean, there's throughout Northeast Ohio, there's ample areas that would match. The description a lot of river valleys and so forth so
0: i mean like what about just finding those places and trail camming them yeah like is the other thing mm-hmm. yeah i it's it is mohican especially stood out to me because we had actually been there the week before we went to the pacific northwest mm-hmm. and and it the, just the terrain of that Particular, the nest site location really remi- reminded me of some of those areas. Mohican's really like pine forest, mm-hmm. like heavily pine forested. There's a weird like alpine vibe to it as well. Like you're in it. Re- it's always reminded me of like you're visiting the Swiss Alps mm. in Ohio. Mm-hmm. It's a weird, it's a strange thing. But um, the the first thing I thought when we got down in that area was this looks like something you'd find in Mohican. Mm. Those western facing cliffs. Yeah. Things like that. I'm sure I'm sure there's locations in there that we could uh trail cam.
1: Trail cam, just yeah. hunker down out yeah. there ourselves. Yeah, sleep and wait the, for something.
0: I've always wondered about digging uh, a fairly sizable hole and then putting uh, some sort of you know, covering over the hole and then just living in that hole for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why not?
1: I'd like to do that independently of Bigfoot. I kinda of would too. <laughs>
0: The, nest, the next, the uh, next small town monsters production is <laughs> yeah. Mark and Seth move into a <laughs> hole in, in the, the woods hole. for for a month or something.
1: In a hole in the ground, there was a podcast.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, what? What? Uh, hello. Uh, hold on. Hello. Thanks for the email, though. That was a that was a good yeah. one. Uh, Dan sent us. Uh, would like Mark's expert opinion on this? Did you read this collider article, Char- Godzilla versus Charles Barkley?
1: Oh yeah, I did. When he sent it.
0: Yeah, that was a while ago. Um, the most mound the round mound of rebound yeah. is the most formidable foe Godzilla has ever faced. Did you read it; he would like to know your opinion on it. Um,
1: you know, I think uh, the whole article was a uh, tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, but the uh, I will say I had at one point in my life I had an original Nike Godzilla versus Charles Barkley poster and T-shirt. And I wish I knew where either one of those was now, because it might be worth something on the old collector's market um but it that was the thing that is so astounding about that in retrospect, I think is that Toho allowed that to happen because they are notoriously tight fisted and controlling with the way that Godzilla is utilized in the you know the public sector mm-hmm. as it were, and even like legendary in their most recent MonsterVerse films, I know have to, you know, Toho has to sign off that they're okay with the alterations in the suit and the character. And there are certain things that Godzilla can do and can never do or can have, can never happen to it or him. So all that is to say that, uh, you know, Nike really must have offered a sweet deal to Toho limited in order to, let godzilla put on a set of goggles and play basketball against charles barkley and get dunked on i mean those that's kind of they they bent the rules about godzilla about as far as you can go in order to get that done so that's kind of impressive even more so now that i'm more aware of how tightly guarded toho is with the godzilla character
0: barkley was an icon still is kind of an icon he still
1: is i think what what people of a, a younger generation, perhaps, oh might not realize is how good of a player Barkley was in oh his prime. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, the knock on him is the same of any player that never wins a championship. but yeah. He could go toe-to-toe with anybody of that era, and it was a stacked era. He's a fighter. Yeah. And then they always say that he's actually shorter than his listed six six, uh-huh. So he's actually a bit smaller than that, but
0: my sister, Sarah was, that was her favorite was Charles Barkley. No kidding. She had, she had all the cards, all the, all the basketball Mm -hmm. cards and everything. I was Shaq. Shaq was my guy. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: Um, We have a really cool one that I want to make sure we get to from Casey Mizokami uh, that he sent on April 28th. And I think you, did you read this one? The Grays Harbor
1: Oh, yeah. Yes.
0: You to you want to go through this? Because this is probably going to take up a little bit of time. Yeah, let's do it. All right. I guess I can... I'll you wait. got it I'll if read. you so have yeah, it. I've yeah, I've got it in front of me. Um, gentlemen, just finished the latest podcast. I heard Mark say something about Gray's Harbor, Harbor tracks, so I'm forwarding my email to Mr. Barrickman. I may have already posted pics to the STM Facebook page. Hopefully you find it interesting. This display was a gift from my brother, who bought a ton of Bigfoot stuff off a retired sheriff's deputy... Boxes upon boxes of Ray Crow's newsletter. P.S. When will Tommy be joining the show? First of all, (laughs) Casey um, is a copy. I met him in um, 2000. I don't remember the year, but I met him at the uh, Bigfoot Bonanza out in San Francisco. Okay. so um, and I don't want to get too deep into it. But uh, Casey and his brother, Kyle, I think they're both sort of like. These dudes are flying under the radar but I I believe they have their fingers in a lot of Bigfoot pies and and um yeah we might we might someday have to talk to try to get Casey on the show okay uh they've they've got a lot of knowledge of the subject and uh when I was there I just was uh, super impressed talking to him. I, I think Casey actually used to send emails or something to the Bigfoot show, which is how I I was clued into who he was before I'd even met him. Mm-hmm. i heard the name. Anyway, he sent us um an email that he had sent Cliff and um it just went through all the uh the the Grays Harbor stuff, um, which he sent here. This is actually a fairly substantial email now that I'm looking at it. So we've got did you look into the Gray Harbor Grays Harbor stuff? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the part of what will become the text of the book for the uh, discovery section. But essentially, some of the main Grays Harbor sightings um, took place in the 60s. Mm -hmm. Um, And what was remarkable about the main one was that it was a policeman who had just gone off duty driving home, saw something at very close range, cross the road, and he able to stay in his car and watch this thing for probably two minutes and he made the mistake of telling a couple of his co-workers what had happened and the next day it hit the papers eventually forcing him out of um the the police department just because of the amount of attention that he received huh. and sort of the uh the perception of the police department after that um you know nobody mistreated him but The long and short of it is his contract was not renewed. And so he found another job in the um, park system in Washington, which, as we know, is pretty vast. So he was okay, But uh, that's that's very well, uh, well well-known case. And there were then also in the Grays Harbor area a a handful of uh, teenager sightings like let's go out and try to find Bigfoot joking and laughing about it. And then it actually happens and chases their car uh, while they're out there and sort of terrifying them when they didn't expect that to happen. So what's so interesting to me about those gray Harbor sightings is having been there, you know, there's absolutely nothing mountainous about that, that particular region. You're close to the beach. I mean, it's, it's wooded, right. but it's not the first place that you would imagine a Bigfoot hanging around for any amount of time. Mm-hmm. But if Co- you've Co-Payless got multiple is, sightings, is, then yeah.
0: It's Copalis. Copalis beach. Is, yeah. Is yeah. It's har- the same place. Essentially. Harbor? Yeah. So the thing he sent me, did you look at the pictures he sent mm-hmm. with the tracks? Okay. Yeah. He found, uh, again, I'm probably going to need to send these to Aaron so he can post these, but he's, he's actually got photos of some of the tracks found over in grace Harbor. Um, which is a gorgeous area now that we're talking about, just talking about it makes me miss. Yeah. that whole region. But, um, yeah, uh, it's a super interesting when you get out there, this is one of those cases that I feel like in Ohio would be on the level of like Minerva in terms of notoriety and out there, it's just another Bigfoot. Right. <laughs> um, and that's kind of comical to me that they're that
1: one that in much the portfolio. Activity. of Right. Bigfoot.
0: Right. Um, Okay. Uh, anything else about Grace Harbor you want to touch on?
1: No, I it, I just think it's uh, it's so interesting to me for for that reason that it's just not the first. I mean, it's an oceanfront property essentially. Yeah. That that then you know it's woods and um, highways and residential homes and then the Pacific Ocean is right there. Right. And that's so that's the type of area that we're talking about and not. Not sort of the uncharted vastness of the Olympic Mountains or anything approaching that. It's coastal, and that just makes I, there's so many interesting questions having to do with that. But the one thing I suppose that would be a natural there is uh, all of the waterways leading down to the ocean front.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Maria Marshall just sent this yesterday or on Monday. Uh she's she's writing in about episode one twenty-four, facing your giants, which was Aaron's hilarious title name. <laughs> hey Mark and Seth and Aaron. I just wanted to say I absolutely love the show. I am subscribed and love to listen while sitting at my desk at work. Not all podcasts grab my attention during my mind numbingly boring work day like Monsteropolis. I am an aspiring ADK 40, 46er. And have four of 46 mountains summited since March of 2021. That's impressive. That is four in like two months. Yeah. Not even two months. Wow. I want to know which ones she's summited. Um, Listening to on the trail of Bigfoot was totally awesome. And now on my hikes, I am keeping a close eye out for him. I live (laughs) about four hours away from the high peaks, but try to make it up there every week. Now, on to my question. In episode 124, you talk about giants and biblical. Can, can you imagine living four hours from the high peaks? I was
1: just thinking of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'd be up there every week, too. Um, now on to my question. In episode 124, you talk about giants and biblical conspiracies. You mentioned a podcast on biblical conspiracies, and I was wondering, what is the name of the podcast? I have looked for something similar, but haven't found anything that seems to grab my attention for me to actively listen. I would love to get the name of that specific podcast you were talking about. And if possible, any recommendations on any podcast that are similar. I really enjoy listening to interviews over one dude rambling about conspiracies. Anyways, I love all your shows and really look forward to getting some recommendations. We could, we could probably recommend more than just conspiracy shows too. I, so when we, when I was first getting into all this, I listened to probably more conspiracy stuff than, than anything, just cause I listened to a lot of UFO podcasts and those two kind of go hand in hand. And, uh. What is, what's, there's like Richard Serrett, is yeah. that his name? Mm-hmm. Is that called The Conspiracy Show? Uh,
1: yes, his podcast is The yeah. Conspiracy Show. Yes. And he hosts a radio show mm-hmm. in Toronto that's also then, that is issued as a podcast as well.
0: I think it was on his show once too, maybe. Oh, wow. Maybe around the time Whitehall was coming out. Okay. But um, that's a good one. I always used to enjoy listening to it because I felt like he... I don't know that he would allow the I know one thing I liked about that show is he would touch on topics that other shows don't. I can remember mm-hmm. there was a show about like Billy, the kid that I oh, thought was yeah. or, it, or maybe it was Jesse James. It's like one of mm-hmm. those. It's a topic that you wouldn't normally hear about. And I thought that was kind of cool. But I, I always liked that show. But the one I was talking about to Aaron is called Canary Cry Radio. I think it's still around. I, I'm pretty sure it's still around. Um, but that was when I was listening to podcasts at my boring day job (laughs) um that was one of the ones i used to listen to um keep in mind just because i'm talking about this stuff doesn't mean i buy into it Mm -hmm. um i I enjoy all sorts of strange topics as does aaron as does mark so um and conspiracies can can run either way for me we've talked about conspiracy theory on the show before we have and the dangers of it Mm -hmm. um but uh i do enjoy diving into some of that stuff and canary cry used to get into a lot of the topics that I, I found interesting from, um, two guys who who were like professing Christians. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of, kind of cool. LA Marzulli does a podcast. Um, he interview mostly it's interviews. Um, if I remember right, I couldn't get through it because of the amount of ads, but I'm not sure. I think, I hope I don't get sued for saying, (laughs) (laughs) um, But that was one I used to listen to as well, was LA's show. I don't know. What about you?
1: Well, on, you know, in that sort of very specific topic of Um, sort of biblical end times prophecy and conspiracy, there's a show called From the Bunker Mm -hmm. by Dan Gilbert Mm -hmm. where they go way into all of that stuff. And it's lots of interview, it's interview heavy. Uh, Dan Gilbert himself strikes me as somebody who's at at least uh, thoughtful and not, if if we were to meet him, I think we'd we'd come away feeling like he's a pretty good guy, you know, kind of level-headed guy. But um, unfortunately, the last show that I listened to, which was the most recent one, he said that he's scaling back on the podcast in order to do more. I guess it's called Skywatch TV hmm. or something like that video-based production. So, hmm. I don't know how many more of those or how frequent those releases are going to be. Hmm. But that was that was well done, yeah. I thought. And like, you know, the disclaimer always stands with these shows is that we're listening for it, listening to it first for entertainment value. Yeah. And not, you know, listening does not imply endorsement of <laughs> any theological school that they may happen to be yeah. espousing. But, um, and other than that, I'm glad you brought up Richard Serrett. Cause I do listen to some of his stuff mm-hmm. these days. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like the variety. Cause like you said, he'll talk about wild west or rock and roll mm-hmm. or like just, uh, like experiments that the government was doing. I, I suppose that is within the wheelhouse, but, Then there's there's stuff on there too, like targeted individuals, Mm -hmm. you know, people who claim to have been singled out, Mm -hmm. and I listened to that for about twenty minutes, and I would I would have to think that Richard, being someone who seems very you know on the level, Mm -hmm. has got to know these people. It it really isn't happening to the degree that these people are saying. But um, anyway, it it's one that I've subscribed to, so I. I just watch it come in and if it's something that tickles my fancy I'll listen to it for a while.
0: It's crazy. I can't even remember the names of the old like the conspiracy st- stuff I used to listen to. I I um it's not Christian but the uh now it just blank. Oh, Spooky South Coast used to oh, have a lot yeah. of conspiracy stuff on there. Um and and weird conspiracy stuff. Too. I I remember listening to an episode where they interviewed that referee who claims the NBA is rigged. Oh yeah. And um And that was interesting so there's like yeah spooky south coast used to have a lot of conspiracy theory on and that was cool back in the day um eric altman uh beyond the edge used to have dabble in conspiracy sometimes Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of older shows that i listen to but i don't even know how many of those you know are still around so um the confessionals uh what's his name tony yeah
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah tony and tony's a christian um, I don't know if he gets into it on the show, but they—they, they, I know he gets into conspiracy theory on there sometimes too. So Tony Merkel. Mm-hmm. Um, So yeah.
1: And I've gotten, I mean, this has nothing to do with the topic, but I, there's a bunch of nonfiction podcasts that I really, really love. Like mm-hmm. one of them is called Blind Spot, The Road to 9-11. Mm. It's like seven or eight episodes is all, but it traces like what, what the information was coming in to the FBI and stuff like that leading up to, and of course there's the bombing in the nineties that, that took place. It incorporates that, but it uh, they got a lot of first person interviews with people who are directly involved. But so that's kind of another direction to go in. And I like those. I like podcasts too. They're like self-contained. Like they tell you right up front, this is eight or nine episodes right. and that's it. So it tells a story and then it's out i like that
0: um i think that does it for this week we will be back next week with another show when my stomach isn't growling (laughs) like this the entire time um the monsteropolismail.gmail.com if you want to send letters um and if you want to watch us you can join the squad on youtube I think that does it oh you can also watch us in on the trail of Bigfoot the journey which is essentially sass what the movie um, <laughs> comes, comes out on June 8th and so if you're uh, one of those people pining for the heady days of sass what watch on the trail of Bigfoot the journey oh and if you're pining for the heady days of uh, monsteropolis on the trail of UFOs dark sky <laughs> is uh, essentially uh monsteropolis the movie as well so it's like if you mashed up monsteropolis and into the fray
1: wow on the, on the wow to start to start chimera yeah Ooh. emerges from Ooh. the flames boom the hell? <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right uh thanks for listening we'll be back